1: Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary
0: Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
1: And here we are, Raider Nation, kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. DeMond Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios. I'm in the home studio holding it down this afternoon. And a little bit of a programming note, we're going to sign off about 440 as we'll make way for Aviator Baseball tomorrow we're actually signing off at 4 o'clock. We have uh, Upon Further Review with Eddie Pascal coming up right after that and then Aviator Baseball. So just a couple little programming notes that we have going on here on Raider Nation Radio 920 the next couple days. And uh, just so go ahead, put it in your notes so it doesn't come to you as a surprise. But i got plenty to get to in this last hour of the show on today. Before we start off and get into anything, how about we go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy Rick in Visalia, California. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Oh, man. He was in Visalia, too. I wanted to talk to him. He was in Visalia. That was my old stomping grounds. You didn't know? You didn't, man. Every place that was in the Bay Area it seems like was your- It's not in
2: the Bay Area. Oh, That's in the geez. Fresno area. Oh, okay, Fresno. You were over in Berkeley. You were you were getting around, I guess.
1: Hey, man. Tupac did it, you know. Hey, <laughs> he wrote a song about one. Here Here you go. <laughs> No, but it's funny. The reason Visalia, the reason why that stands out to me is when I was at Q97 in Fresno, it wasn't really located in Fresno. It was located in Visalia, California, which is about 35 to 40 minutes down the highway, down the 99. So we would always say our job was to say we were right here in Fresno. Like that was always our sell was, hey, right here in Fresno. So anytime someone would call, we always had, like, whenever we had winners, like, we give out uh, prizes, we always, you know, wanted to focus on Fresno, 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 because we we're a Fresno market. And so, but we were sitting in Visalia. So, another radio station that was there in town tried to have beef with us one time. So, they literally got in their car and they drove their station vehicle, drove all the way down to our station, parked across the street, and did, like, call ins. From there saying hey come on down here and get hooked up with prizes because they wanted to show people where the radio station was located like we weren't really in in Fresno that's how petty the other radio station did it work I mean for like four people I mean you, you know how it is on a you know you're, you're on a street corner for 15 or 20 minutes how many people are really going to stop by to pick up a t-shirt not that many not that it's going to make a, diff- a difference like that but oh they were so angry. They were so angry. We're going to show everyone that you guys aren't in Fresno. We're like, so what? Who
2: cares. Sounds like they just wasted some gas.
1: They basically <laughs> Basically, that's exactly what they did. So, Rick, if you get a chance, man, hit us back. I know you can't be uh in the in the car and talking on the phone at the same time. Not in uh, not in Cali like that. So, uh, you hold it down, my man. Definitely appreciate you. We've got a lot to get to coming up in this hour. I did want you to hear from former Raider linebacker Ricky Brown. He was a a guest on the Morning Tailgate with uh, Clay Baker and Vinnie Bonsignor last week, and I've been actually holding on to this sound because it was some real big takeaways that I uh, I really thought was meaningful from the interview that he had to say, and I thought that you would really enjoy it, but we've had so much to get to on the shows lately that I haven't had a chance to get into it. So uh, I want to go ahead and start things off with former Raider linebacker Ricky Brown. He's talking about rookie offensive tackle Thayer Mumford, who's at Ohio State, and Ricky Brown is coaching right now at Ohio State. So here's Ricky Brown's thoughts on Thayer Mumford.
0: They're getting a great player. He's got tackle and guard flexibility, um, and then that's that's who he is athletically that's who he is as a football player but as a person he's fantastic stayed in college to graduate wore our blocko the number zero now being an offensive lineman wore it <laughs> in warm-ups but he had that honor at ohio state which is a huge honor um every dude on the locker room respected him off the field engagement in the community, he's that type of guy. So you're getting the total package there with that kid.
1: So that's Ricky Brown, who is currently a quality control coach on the Ohio State staff right now, and uh, he knows Thayer Mumford very well. And the Raiders picked him up in round seven, uh, a big-time tackle, or big-time, and when I mean big-time, I mean a big-body tackle. Uh, You know, when it's a seventh-round pick, you don't know. I mean, you just don't know with a seventh-round pick what to expect, just like they picked up uh, Britton Brown, the running back out of UCLA. You don't know what you're going to get from a guy late round, but it doesn't mean that they can't go out there and compete and be something. And so pretty, got a pretty good review right there from former Raider linebacker Ricky Brown on offensive tackle Thayer Mufford. And so he's an Ohio guy. That's just who he is. Dave Ziegler, the GM, Josh McDaniels, the head coach, all those guys are Ohio guys. So Brown was talking about those two Ohio guys and Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. This is what he had to say about them.
0: Growing up as a southwest Ohio kid, northeast Ohio is the exact same, you know what Akron is to Cleveland, Dayton is to Cincinnati. Now, the one yes. thing Southwest doesn't have is they don't have that youngstown warren corridor. <laughs> and I'll say this, they are football guys there, total football guys. Shoot, I remember when Coach McDaniel's father, the original Coach McDaniels, was coaching at Warren Harding, and we hopped on a bus leaving Cincinnati, Ohio, to go play Warren Harding, and we thought we were rock stars on that five-hour bus ride. And cool. All of a sudden, we were—we showed up, and Maurice Claret ran ran for about 150 yards on us.
1: <laughs> so there's Ricky Brown talking about uh, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler being. Ohio guys and being football guys. And that's why I thought that that was important just to kind of tell you their character. These guys are football guys through and through. I know a lot of Raider Nation is still getting used to the new regime, the new coaching staff, where they came from, what they could do in Las Vegas. But when you want to talk about just football dudes – That's who these guys are, and obviously uh, Josh McDaniels, his his dad, as you just heard, uh, was a football coach as well, and so he's got those kind of roots. Obviously, we always know about the roots that he has with Bill Belichick, but, I mean, he's got them deeper. But They started well before Bill Belichick, right? So I thought that that was important right there, just to know exactly what you're getting from these guys. You're getting dudes that just kind of live and breathe and die all things football. The final soundbite that I had from Ricky Brown when he was on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Vinny Boston York. Matter of fact, he was on that show last week it has to do with the defense and Patrick Graham and what Patrick Graham wants to do defensively. Cause everything we continue to hear is that he wants to set the edge, which you're supposed to set the edge and then build a wall and not allow the run game to get going. So Ricky Brown was asked about Patrick Graham, his, his scheme and what his intentions are and setting that edge and building that wall.
0: Since the beginning of time, all great defenses start with a big time edge being set. So with Patrick Graham doing that, I mean, that's, that's first and foremost, that's his pedigree. That's how he grew up in the business, listening to guys like coach Belichick preach about edge setting. Now that edge could be set from a D end or that edge has to be set from a detached nickelback or potentially an outside linebacker. But I, I, I'd be willing to guess that they're preaching that and that's the utmost deal is to set that edge and then build a wall inside. In in the college game, also, we talk a lot about having different levels. So we got the D-line, which is aggressive, and you got this linebacker area that can still be pretty aggressive. And then as you move further back, you have less aggressiveness and probably more patience. So like you'll see Three to four different levels of defense where as that RPO happens, you got your patient players working to tackle or break up a pass. Or as that ball winds out into the alley in a C or D gap run, you got those patient players there to go tackle it.
1: Ricky Brown right there on Patrick Graham's defense and then also just really breaking it down. I love the details, talking about setting the edge, talking about the, you know, the wall, and then talking about the college game. And, look, the reason why he brings up the college game is because how many college concepts are in the NFL right now? A ton. So that's something to to focus in on, something to pay attention to. I mean, hell, uh, Patrick Mahomes has been killing it in, in, uh, in Kansas City ever since he's been drafted. And why? Because there's a lot of the college concepts that he was doing at Texas Tech, that's what they're using. You know, I mean, there's there's all kind of college elements in the game of uh, in the NFL game right now. You see what's going on in Arizona with the Cardinals. I mean, multiple teams use a ton of college concepts to try to make all these players a lot more comfortable and a lot more you know starter ready when they enter the league. And so, uh, I, I love the breakdown right there from Ricky Brown. And as he mentioned about the different guys that can set the edge, all I kept thinking about, I know Vinny pointed this out last year a lot. I mean, this is something that I want to say Vinny, he might have wore out this subject a little bit, but he talked about Cleve Farrell and him setting the edge. And as soon as I said Cleve Farrell, DeMond's head popped up like, oh, I remember exactly what you're talking about. There were so many times when Cleve Farrell was on the field. And a matter of fact, it wasn't just last year. It was like the year before as well. It wasn't just last year, but when Cleve Farrell was on the field, the edge was set so much better, and you saw teams not be able to run around the outside as easy as they could when he wasn't on the field. I know Clee Farrell has not lived up to the billing. I don't think that there was any chance he was going to live up to the billing of a number four overall pick where he was selected. That wasn't his fault. But if there's one thing that I think he's done pretty well so far in his NFL career is he's been able to set the edge. That's not a sexy position. That's not a sexy thing to do. You're not going to get any kind of stats for that. You're not going to get any PFF rankings for that. You're not going to get any kind of you know Pro Bowl voting because you're really good at setting the edge. But the one thing that Cleve Farrell is really good at is setting the edge. you know, And so that did help in the Raiders' run defense when he was out there. But the problem is that he wasn't good enough to get to the quarterback and do other things to be out there consistently enough. So what the Raiders' job is to do and what Patrick Graham's job to identify going into training camp and during training camp, who can set the edge? Who is the best at sealing that up and allowing – you know, the, the, the pressure to come in the middle. I mean, it it, it works together. We talk about the, 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 the pressure coming up the middle and allowing guys like Crosby and Chandler Jones to get to the quarterback. Well, in the run game as well, you got to have the beef in the middle, but you also have, the, have those guys on the outside, the Crosbys and the Jones or the Cleve Farrells or whoever the, the, whoever's the linebacker, whoever's going to fill that role. They've got to be able to set that edge. they got to be able to slow down the run and obviously get penetration to the quarterback up the gut and on the outside. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. I found that interesting when I heard that from Ricky Brown. Again, he was a guest on the morning tailgate with Vinny Bonsignor and Clay Baker, and that was – Last week, it might have even been Friday last week, but uh, I've been holding on to that one for a minute just because I thought that it was some good stuff that I wanted to bring to the table. So, Raider Nation, we'd love to hear from you. 702 365 anything we talked about, anything we haven't talked about. You got something that's on your mind, you want to talk about the new Raiders logo, you can do that. And It's not really the new logo. It's just a it's just another variant of the logo that's being sold right now at the Raider image, and uh, people have hit me up and said, hey, Q, I haven't seen it. So I I, uh, I found it online and tweeted it to, to a couple people just so they can, they can see it. That is on on sale at the uh, Raider Image. It'll be on sale at the Raider Image on, in Summerlin at their grand opening tomorrow as we had Christina McAloon Mil- on uh, talking about that just, uh, what, last hour. So, uh, yeah, there's all kind of stuff to talk about. Uh, whatever you want to do, hit us up, 702-365-9200 Salmon the Salmonash text line at 69187, keyword RNR. This is Red Nation Radio 920.
0: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q.
1: NFL Network's Ian Rappaport just said the disciplinary hearing for Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is over for the day. The plan is to be back at it again tomorrow. That would be day three in front of Judge Sue Robinson. The saga continues, Damon. What is going on with Deshaun Watson? What's his... What's his uh, you know, his, his punishment going to look like? What is suspension going to look like? What are they going to do? When is there going to be a ruling? And the thing about it is we could find out a ruling today. They could have decided, like, okay, we've heard enough. We're going to have a ruling today. Then guess what happens? Then there's going to be an appeal. Then there's going to be an appeal and appeal. You know what I mean? Like, this thing could go on for a very, very long time, and we still might not know what the end result is. And this whole time, Where it doesn't bother me, it doesn't bother you, it doesn't bother Raider Nation. Everyone's sitting in Cleveland going, what in the hell is going on? With our star quarterback that obviously has a lot of issues going on off the field.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that the NFL, maybe not in their best interest. They can do whatever they want. But I would try to get it like a slow news weekend. I'd try to dump it on Friday. (laughs) I would just, you know, people aren't going to forget about it. But most talk shows, you're going to be off on Monday and then you come back Tuesday, it's not as big as a hot-button issue because it's been sitting for four days.
1: Oh, man, I think whenever this news on Deshaun Watson drops, I think it's going to be big. I think there's going to be people that do emergency podcasts. There's going to be people that do emergency shows. There's going to be people that are going to have to all of a sudden get breaking news. You're going to see it on TV. You're going to be in the middle of watching Wimbledon. You won't be watching Serena because she lost yesterday. Hurt my feelings. But that's another subject. You're going to be in the middle of watching anything and all of a sudden it's going to pop up on, on TV like, yeah, I, I get the the Friday dumps. I'm very familiar with the Friday news dumps. I hate them, but I'm, I'm familiar with them. Regardless, whenever this news hits about Deshaun Watson, it's going to be the conversation that you hear the whole time. You're going to turn on SportsCenter. You're going to turn on whatever your outlet is, and you're going to hear about what's going on with Deshaun Watson and what's the next step. And, again, it, it really it blows my mind, man, when I f- – Think about where we are right now when it comes to Deshaun Watson. When I think about where you know w- what we're talking about, I still to this day cannot believe, and we talk to John McClain every single week, and he can't believe it either, and he's a guy who covered Deshaun in Houston for a very long time. He's been covering the NFL for a very long time. I don't think anyone in their right mind could believe that a team was willing to give up what the Browns gave up, not only money but also trade assets – trade capital draft capital in order to acquire this guy with all this looming over his head like that still to this day even though it's been such a long time now since they made that move it still blows my mind that they are willing to do that
2: yes like you said not only they give up the draft capital not only do they give him a new deal but the new deal is one of the biggest contracts in NFL history and it's very tightly secured that says basically if he doesn't get banished from the league he's getting all that money
1: Right, right. It's unbelievable. It really is. So uh, yeah, we'll see. the The saga with Deshaun Watson continues, and uh, we will find out more sooner rather than later. I do believe, and then and then the real gymnastics get going, and that's the appeals. And uh, you know, if it's a if it's a seventeen game, if it's all season long, the suspension. What do they cut it down to? Do they cut it down? Do they keep it up? I mean, it's just it's going to be so many what ifs. Are going to happen once we find out the suspension. I got a text right here uh, off the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. This has got to be one of your homeboys, Demon. Tech tip for you, Q. If you need reliability for doing live radio from home, connect your computer by Ethernet cable straight to your router or modem. So when this, ba- so when's this basketball game going to happen? hashtag Team Demon. Well, two different two different statements there. Ah, oh, that's fine. You can be Team Demon all you <laughs> yeah. want. Someone someone's got to pull it for the other guys. Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to pull for the. Demond don't even like basketball. What? You said it before. How many times have you said on the show you don't even really like basketball? Well,
2: that just happens after the Grizzlies lose, and you're right. Yeah, uh, girl, I don't okay. care about basketball.
1: Got you. Anyway, we we'll get back into the <laughs> basketball game argument later. Speaking you of, know what little cues coming out here? Yeah, I might he, have
2: to put the moves on you. You see me? You see me jabbing right now? Be like, yo,
1: <laughs> shoot! Oh, you're gonna you're gonna play me and
2: him? Yeah, I, well I'll just show him, you know, because I ain't gonna disrespect his skills, you know. But I'm gonna at least let you know you oh, see he, what I'm saying? Believe me, he'll him. look at
1: he'll look at you and say, Oh, I ain't worried about that. He'll put he'll put he'll put all his money on me. Trust trust me on that. He's a smart man, he knows what's up. But that's another conversation. We'll get to the hoop game later. As far as the tech tips, no, you're absolutely right. And that's the thing about it, everything is connected straight to the router and straight to the modem. Like everything is set up the way it's supposed to be. That's why it was so bizarre. That everything was going down the way it did, it was absolutely nuts. And like I said, I had the wife resetting, you know, the internet from her phone, and we—I mean, we had everything going on. If you're just tuning in, the cluster f that we experienced here in the first hour of the show, I think I got disconnected, reconnected, connected by way of this, that, and the other about four or five different times. I mean, it did was you three minutes on nuts. the phone. Yeah, three minutes on the phone. I mean, it was just bananas. But you're absolutely right, and literally everything I have connects directly into the modem, which is directly into the wall. And for some reason, it just wasn't happening. So I'm trying to reset, but yet my TV – and, you know, everything runs on the Internet now. So if the Internet's out, then all of a sudden your TV's out, your computer's out. So everything was still going except for what I needed to go the most, which is what I'm on right now, which is basically like being in studio without being in studio. Very high – High, uh, high price equipment here as we do, you know, our remote shows all the time, and everything works fine. It doesn't matter if we're the T.I. It doesn't matter if we're the Thomas and Mac. It doesn't matter if we're the Oyo. I mean, it, do- it doesn't matter. We have this on lock. We could be in L.A. at the Super Bowl. It just doesn't matter. Everything is all good to go. And then when it wasn't working, it's like, wait a minute. What? I mean, Then we had people, what, we had uh, Jamie in the back room, And and, and at the station trying to find out what's going on with the connection. Then we thought maybe JT stayed connected. And there was like a thousand questions that we had and nobody had the answer.
2: Yeah, and shout out to the texter. Thanks for the tip and thank you for being Team Demond. But it's one of those, you think we ain't thinking that? (laughs) We tried
1: everything. (laughs) See how your teammate does you? (laughs) I said Thank you. No, but do, I, I, we do appreciate the text and, and the tip. And, and man, believe me, I wish that it was just as simple as like, oh yeah, that would have made a lot more sense. Because man, it, that's why it was so frustrating because we had no idea why what is supposed to be working was not working. I mean, it was absolutely insane. But we got it, we got it done, and we're feeling pretty good about ourselves now. And the only thing that you're wrong about is Team Damon. That's the only thing. Got one more text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D, did he say vodka, coconut water, and what? I'm going to have to try this new drink and hopefully get a good buzz on. New drinks are my best friend. Sincerely, Captain and Coke, vodka tonics, and wine coolers. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Man, my man, my man is still living his best life. When he, he was in Las Vegas over the weekend, he's still living that Vegas lifestyle, man. He's super fired up and pumped up. And, uh, yeah, that was T3 Raider Facts when he called in talking about uh, coconut water and vodka. And what was it? The He said Prickly Pear. That's, that's what, i think that's, that was just
2: the name of the vodka maybe
1: okay but that's got to be a flavor right yeah prickly prayer i had never heard of that one but that's what he said so it's, it sounds like it could be pretty good prickly pear uh western sun cucumber vodka and coconut water prickly pear flavor works well too western sun there you go shout out to western Sun. i've never seen that kind of have you ever seen that one
2: no i've never heard of that before i mean i'll look it up yeah are you already looking it up now
1: no, I'm, I'm trying to, but I don't I, – I obviously, my, my tech skills today ain't that great, so I'm not, I'm not going to go and get a little squirrely, man. I'm not. That's just, that's just not what I'm going to do. So uh, thank you so much for that text, Sir Whiskey Ray. Also, uh, hashtag Team Demond. Thank you for your text as well. Definitely appreciate you. 425 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back, close out the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL News and Notes of the Day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Talked in the last segment about Deshaun Watson, so don't have to worry about talking about him. But how about this cool little note here, Uh, Damon? I saw this earlier on Twitter. Al Davis and John Madden were both inducted into the California Hall of Fame. Uh, It was a great night for the Raiders and Mark Davis and Virginia and Mike Madden. Both had a commitment to excellence, just win, baby, but uh, pretty cool to see Al Davis and John Madden uh, both get inducted into the California Hall of Fame. So it had their, their bust on there, and Mark Davis was there. Uh, obviously, Virginia Madden was there, and uh, you saw Marcel Reese was there as well. And so I thought that that was really cool uh, to see that. So shout-out to Al Davis and, and John Madden and obviously the families uh, with the Davises and the Maddens seeing that, uh, that introduction and that uh, induction happen. And speaking of Marcel Reese... I don't know if you saw this note. I thought this was really cool. And I actually tried to get uh, Lindsey Jones from, from uh, The Athletic on to talk about this. But Marcel Reese was named a rising star among NFL executives. Lindsey Jones of The Athletic, she, she named several top NFL executives under the age of 40 who are rising stars in the industry. And that list included Marcel Reese, who turned 37 earlier this month. Just a little piece of what she had to say. He rejoined the organization in 2020 as a senior advisor to Mark Davis. Has had a prominent forward-facing role as the Raiders relocated to Las Vegas. He's a fixture at community events, but his recent promotion shows his role is much larger than serving as an ambassador for the team. He's someone who will have influence on Davis and future franchise decisions. How cool is that for Marcel Reese? I think that's. I think he's a really cool dude. I always enjoy talking to him. He always has a smile on his face anytime you see him in public, and uh, to to get that kind of recognition right there, I thought that was pretty cool.
2: Oh man, that's very cool. And also, a lot of times people are like, hey, awards don't matter or recognition, but it is cool to see that people notice the hard work that for himself that he's putting in. Yeah, it's not going unnoticed. Mark Davis is obviously noticing by giving him that promotion, and now the outside world is seeing. How much work that he's putting in in rising up the ranks for this Raiders organization,
1: right? And I mean, it's it's one thing when you have a national writer that's that seeing that hey man, this guy is on the rise. Watch out for him, you know. And that's how it starts. You know, you get a you get a role in the front office. And how many times have we seen? And look, the Raiders have had plenty of people in the front office that have been with the organization for years, on top of years, on top of years. And you see them just kind of climb, 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 climb. Next thing you know, it's like hey, that's the president of the organization. Not saying Marcel Reese is going to be the president <laughs> of the organization. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that all he's got to do is stick around, keep doing what he does, continue to learn, continue to develop. Because none of us know what the hell we're doing at first. We're all learning and developing as, as we go along, as as we should be. I I like that. I like that. I mean, if, at, at one point he was like a brand ambassador. Now he's just you know he, he's in the front office and he's got a pretty predominant role i think that's i think that's for that's great for a guy who obviously is a fan favorite there in marcel reese he's he's a big timer right there i like that
2: and we also talk about with the rooney rule hey more black coaches but there's also a lack of diversity when it comes to football operations side when it comes to football teams in the nfl with jason Wright when he got that job for the commanders the first black team president so it is just nice to see that people of color and then the diversity is just spreading just outside of, hey, just football coaches as well with NFL teams.
1: Right. And no shock at all that, you know, someone someone of color is, is getting a, a promotion in the Raiders organization. No, no surprise at all. And no need for the Rooney rule, uh, because the Raiders just do everything organically when it comes to stuff like that. Never needed a rule to have to satisfy. So uh, shout out to Marcel Reese for that. How about a keep to leave? Now he's not joining the Raiders front office, but he is joining Amazon. I've been talking about Amazon for a while, how they're doing all these uh, they're trying to make all these moves as far as Thursday night football goes, and I'm interested to see how their broadcast goes. But we've seen a keep to leave on a few different broadcasts, and some people are like, Yeah, I like him. I want to hear more of keep to leave some people are like, nah, it's not, you know, it's it's not it's not traditional enough for me because he's everything but traditional, right? He's going to tell it how it is. He's going to use street slang. He's going to do it. I mean, he's just—he's going to be a keep to leave at all time. Well, he is joining Amazon. It's a done deal. He is in the booth. He's going to be doing color commentary, pregame, halftime, postgame. He's going to be all over Amazon uh, broadcast for that Thursday night football. So, uh, be on the lookout for that if you're a keep to leave as far as behind the mic fan then that's where you want to check him out is on Amazon for Thursday Night Football. Uh, yesterday, Scary Terry McLaurin signed an extension with the, with the Washington football team, and this is one of the, the few things that are going on in Washington that are positive, that ha- doesn't have to do with off-the-field issues. He didn't do anything during the off-season workouts as far as OTAs and mandatory minicamp. He was holding out from that because he wanted to make sure he got his contract extension, and he did. He got a three-year deal, worth up to $71 million. He's one of seven players with at least 75 catches and 1,000 receiving yards in each of the last two seasons. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Cooks, and Travis Kelsey. Pretty good group right there. And if you're keeping track, why receivers that have been paid this offseason? And this is just the inflated ego money. You know, these are the numbers. This isn't like the guaranteed money. But Devontae Adams, five years, $142 Tyreek Hill, four years, $120 million. A.J. Brown, four years, hundred million. Stephon Diggs, four years, ninety-six million. Cooper Cup, three years, eighty-point-one million. Terry McLaurin, three years, seventy-one million. D.J. Moore, three years, sixty-one-point-eight million. Mike Williams and Chris Godwin both three years, sixty million dollars. So what I'm trying to tell you is a whole lot of money for some big-time wide receivers, and that doesn't even count Christian Kirk and <laughs> Zay Jones in Jacksonville. <laughs>
2: And they still might. well, Christian Kirk is still the most overpaid of the bunch.
1: Out of all of them, out of all of them, if he was going to get the kind of money he got, then me and you should have got some money too. <laughs> we should have got some money to go to our our uh, charity basketball game that we're going to have. If they're if they're dishing out money like that, they could have they could have dished out some money for me and you to participate in that charity basketball game. At least half a million. I mean, I mean, something. Even if we had to give it to charity, that's okay. Give it to something,
2: right? Khan, <laughs> whatever you 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 spending the checks.
1: That's your Please. boy. That's Tony your boy. Time. Yes, I'm about to say that's your boy. Why don't you go ahead and, and, and hook it up, man? Have a conversation with your boy. Tell him, tell him, hey, man, I know a dude. Jaguars Radio. Let's get it started up. I'll lead. <laughs> I'll lead the ship. <laughs> <laughs> of course you will. You're like I'm out of here. Raider Nation. has been real. I'm gone. I gotta go get that bread. Go the get bag that was too big. Hey, hey, look. You see, Zay Jones was like, hey, Raiders, I love you, but I'm out. DC, appreciate you, but I gotta go. Not mad, man. You got to get the bag when you can get the bag. Uh, Former Raider, linebacker K.J. Wright, he was with the Silver and Black last season. He was on SiriusXM earlier today, and he was talking about, he's a free agent right now, was talking about playing ball, and he wants to play this year, no doubt about it, but he's only playing in Seattle. There's no other options for K.J. Wright. If he doesn't play in Seattle this year, he's not going to play anymore, and if you remember and recall last year, he came here to Vegas, but he left his family behind in Seattle, and I remember him saying on multiple occasions, like, hey, I miss my family. I miss my family. He was older than the tooth. Obviously, it's not the same as it was when he first came into the league where it was ball, ball, ball. Uh, You know, he starts focusing in on on what's important in life, and obviously to him, being away from his family is a major thing. So what he said on SiriusXM today was, I love ball, but I'm not willing to pick up and leave my family like I did last year playing for Las Vegas. I'm not doing that again. I think it's pretty well known where I stand, how I want to end my career. If it's not in Seattle – then I'll be all good. And as it stands right now entering training camp, the Seahawks are very unlikely to offer Wright a contract or a playing role that he'd accept for 2022. So most likely K.J. Wright is going to hang it up, and I'm okay with that. A guy that says, I'm not moving, I'm not leaving them again, I can respect that. He's had a hell of a career. He's a a really good player. Obviously he wasn't the guy that most Raider fans thought he was going to be when the Raiders signed him. But I think that the leadership that he helped provide for that locker room through everything that they went through in that locker room uh, a year ago, I think that that was major. So uh, definitely sal- salute to K.J. Wright for, you know, bringing that leadership to, uh, to the Raiders and-, and helping guide the ship last year along with uh, Max Crosby, along with Derek Carr, and a host of others. But uh, it doesn't sound like K.J. Wright is going anywhere and if- except for Seattle if he's going to play ball in 2022.
2: Yeah, what you said, man. Behind the scenes, if you ask those players on last year's team, he played a vital role. So sometimes to the outside fans, it's like, oh, man, because you remember the hype for K.J. Wright. They yeah. need to get K.J. Wright. I remember they traded for Denzel Perryman. Hey, a linebacker, that's cool but it's not K.J. Wright. Right, right. So some fans may be disappointed and let down, but I am sure what he provided in that locker room, like you said, the speech of, hey, we're not going home that first week of January. Yeah. Those are the things that matter, and those are the things that a veteran presence provide for the team. That
1: was big. That was really, really big when he said that, made that statement that we're not going home the first week in January. And I'll tell you, I sat right there in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center when he said that, and I was like, eh, I think you are. (laughs) I think you are. I mean, I just I didn't see it. I didn't, and I have no problem admitting it. That I did not see them going on that run, and and I believe that almost everyone was was believing the same thing I was believing. Now I know we did have one texter that was very confident that they were going to go win four in a row. I don't even know how confident they were, but they at least put it out there on paper, so the record says that they were. But man, that was that was something, and for him to state make that statement and be as bold as he was, I thought that that was a really big deal. So a shout out to KJ Wright with whatever he does, if he decides to play some more, if Seattle offers him a contract or if he hangs it up. I got a couple texts I want to get to real quick before we close out the show. Big dub Raiders at AQ. I know this isn't Raiders related and super rare, but did you hear about Freddie Freeman firing his agent for not letting him know about the Braves final offer that goes to the Lamar Jackson, not having an agent thing go Raiders. And I did hear about that. And that is a big deal. And that's really weird. It's really weird that that, that was – and I feel like there's so much more to that. You know, I've actually been talking about that a couple – the last couple days as uh, as I've been doing ESPN national shows as well. And it's that's a strange scenario. And it does go back to the Lamar Jackson not having an agent type type situation. Some people will look at that as a good thing. Some people like myself will think, yeah, you might want to make sure that you get some – you know, get some good counsel and get some guys that, you know, really know what they're they're doing. But maybe not. Maybe it's better just to communicate with the player, the player and the organization, so everyone's on the same page. I mean, it's, I feel like it's a tough scenario because it's such big money, such big money. This next contract is going to be huge. This will probably be the biggest contract that Lamar Jackson signs. So you just want to make sure that you get it right. So that's why I've been very adamant about it. I, I wish that he had some, some other people to, to talk to and some other people to help negotiate for him. It might just work out perfect and then he's good to go. We'll see. But uh, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate it. And, yeah, that's a bizarre situation with Freddie Freeman. Maybe he's not uh, he's not as happy as he, uh, <laughs> he, he thought he was going to be when he made the move from Atlanta. So there you go. That's all we got for you on today's show. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have Jay Schrader on the show. He'll join us at 2.30. And we'll have your calls and texts and a whole lot more. And we'll have... No technical difficulties. I promise you, we will have no technical difficulties. Aviator Baseball is coming up on your radio in a matter of minutes. Make sure you tune into the morning tailgate tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Clay Baker and Vinny Bonson, New So then, good night, Rare Nation. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you, Q. Um, good to see you.